So, Johnny, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. How are you, Brian? I'm well, thank you. It's been, a, it's been too long. It's been two whole weeks. It's really been awful. A whole pay period. Sorry, general public. I had to leave for two weeks. So on the topic of music education, what's your experience been like with music teachers or operating as a music teacher yourself? I had a real struggle with music education myself, um, mainly because I had a shitty attitude and a gigantic ego and said, I'll just learn this stuff myself. Also because I could uh, just play my way through stuff and fake pretty well at an early age. Were you ever in the school band? or? The... Oh, yeah. I started playing saxophone in the fourth grade. What was that like? Oh, uh, it was great. I mean, my band teacher didn't really care for me personally, but he knew I was going to show up and he knew I would learn my parts by ear. So he didn't teach you to read. He, he tried relied. like hell. I just wasn't, it wasn't his fault. You know what I mean? So That's did you I'm listen saying. to your neighbor and figure it out by ear? Yeah, well, he would play, he played trumpet or piano. So he would play the parts. And he would be like, saxophones, this is your part. You know what I mean? And I could sort of, I could read it if I really sat there and stared at it long enough, but that's not how my brain works, man. I need a, a cartoon musical to teach me shit. But he, you know, God bless him, he tried. He had 20 other kids in there to teach, so he just played my part. He knew I could, he could play it like twice, and then I could just sit around and blah, 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 figure it out. So he let me do that. I did that till eighth grade. And That's I played... right. I remember that when I met you, you could still play flute. I can play a little flute. I can play some saxophone So that still. was left over from the saxophone technique. Yeah, for sure. Well, and you know, I mean, I, I could always play the flute. I can play a saxophone. I can't play them. You can't give me sheet music and say, go do that. But if you had a flute and you had a musical idea, you could probably figure it out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And if I could figure out what key this song was in, I could fucking play a major and a minor scale and maybe uh, maybe figure out where a mixolydian is. And that's about where my the whole thing ends. Well, that's pretty interesting because in... School, I was only in general music education. I never went on to the choir, and I never went on to the band. Though, when I was in high school, I remember being dimly aware that I wished that I was in the band. The, even like the marching band kind of deal? Yeah, and because I'd been playing guitar since junior high, and I was... They didn't have a jazz band? They did, and I, it, when I was in 12th grade, I, I tried to join, but I just couldn't read. And ah. the problem was for me that I took guitar lessons, but my guitar teacher did not teach me how to read, which I now see as a shocking oversight. Right. Because I, I knew that I wanted to learn how to right. read, and I wasn't able to do it myself. I remember trying to teach myself a couple of times, but I didn't have the appropriate guidance. We, I played uh, till eighth grade. I was in the school band. And then my sophomore year of high school... We, the actual, that school show choir, are you familiar with what a show choir is? Yep. They put this 11-piece band together, and it was all the real, like, super nerds. And I was like, holy God, they have two drummers, a horn section, a crazy guy who can play sax and piano and arrange stuff. And they were like, will you play bass? 
And I said, sure, man. And my brother was playing drums and they had another drummer. And they gave me all the charts, you know what I mean? And I was like, sweet, let's do this. And I didn't look at the paper at all. Maybe they played like Respect by Aretha Franklin. I figured that out pretty quick. I heard that 180,000 times. But wasn't there stuff that had unusual changes that being able to read would have been really useful? Yeah, but the, I mean, everybody just kind of was like, look, this guy, give him three shots at it, and he'll do it right from then on. So let's just go ahead, because he can do... I, I think they tried to get a couple other people to play bass and play guitar. Even I couldn't even play the guitar. There was no way. You know, my sophomore year of high school was I good enough to play guitar, but I could play the bass. So you just let me learn the shit. Make sh- I made my own bass lines up. Or I played exactly what was on the recording, and we just rocked it. And you don't remember wanting to know how to read the music. You felt completely content to operate the way that you were. That was, um, that was a, a, an angel, a music angel on either shoulder situation for my entire... What is that adolescence? Yeah, junior through, high through high young school. through young adulthood. You know what I mean. At all times, I had the nerd angel going. It's you're going to have to learn this shit. You're going to hit a wall. Nerd and, angel. Nerd angel. <laughs> you know, but you know, nerd angels like you're going to hit a wall where your talent's going to take you to that wall, and all these kids who are studying and studying and studying. They're going to pass you. And then the other guy, you know, fucking megalogalacticon angel, is like, fuck them. Nobody's ever going to be as good as you. You don't need to read. Yeah, readings for trees. I don't know. I can't read. You know what I mean? So it's just, it was a big, big ego thing for me. And it finally happened. I, I wasn't. I guess I was trying to go to music school. I didn't know. I didn't have anything better to do, so I was at community college here. And I watched a guy who could not play bass, learn theory, apply it to the bass, and become more reliable, maybe, than I was at that point in time. And that's when I decided that I'd better learn, take that next step. And now, you know, it's not easy for me, but I know how to read a chart, and I, I can... I can go through, and I'm the kind of guy who will say, hey, stop, and everybody, they don't stop. I've never had anybody just look at me and be like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Because it's never been a big situation where money's on the line. There's money on the line, and you need me to read a chart. You need to go find some fucking buddy else. Yeah, well, I found myself in that situation, reading charts for money, playing for musicals, etc. Yuck. Were you given time to prepare? Well, yes and no. Right. The problem is that oftentimes when I do these musicals, I'm playing with music reading data processor guys. Oh, they sound fun. No, it's great to play with them. I bet. bet. And you know me, I'm somewhere in between because I had a similar by-ear approach like yours. Right. I wanted to learn how to read, but I didn't do it or make myself learn until I was 20. And then I forced myself to, to read, and I went to music school. And I've been desperately trying to catch up ever since. So I'm pretty good reading now. 
as a consequence, I have a lot of thoughts about teaching people to read and the advantages of literacy. But now I can read certainly better than most guitar players. But when I find myself in these situations with these, they've been reading since they were taking piano lessons at age five. Right. There are, there are specific sight, feel behind. sight reader people. That's their thing. Is they, like I had a piano teacher. You could put any piece of music in front of him, and by golly, he'd play it right the first time. He was a freak. But if you put him, you know, it's just different people do different things, man. And I would say that watching the way you tackled your music journey had an effect on the way I did mine, for sure. Because I was like, you know what, I can, I'm capable of this. If I really focus hard enough, I can learn basics, and then I think that it'll build from there, and things open up, and then you see why this works and why this works. Now you're probably grateful that you have the theoretical knowledge that you do. Uh, yeah, man, it's great. So moving forward, I thought that we'd discuss my listicle entitled Top 7 Mistakes Made by Music Students, and maybe we can try to zero in on this fascinating topic of music education. Let's take them one at a time. Lay it on me. Okay, so you have experience teaching guitar lessons or bass lessons or piano lessons, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yes. One-on-one. -on -one. So you, you must have some experience of teaching students how to read, e even simple Mel Bay Book 1 or Alfred's Piano Method Book 1, like the very simplest, here's middle C, this is a quarter note type teaching, right? Yes, to a very minor extent. Because uh, the people who wanted to pay me to teach their kid how to play guitar wanted me to make them performers. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, so you, did you bypass music literacy overall? No, if someone was starting brand new I'd, and was like five or to eight, I would start in an actual book and we'd learn. And Okay, so that's where I'm talking about. Sure. That, that type of music lesson. That is some of the easiest... And those are the easiest students in the world to smash an ungodly amount of knowledge into. Yeah, well, children are. But I encounter the same type of lesson with a community college student, which is a broad stroke of humanity, from high school students to senior citizens to every human on earth. Well, I never did. I did preschool. So and just were... teaching kids to read. They were geniuses. Okay, so this first thing on my listicle here, top seven mistakes made by music students, is writing in the note names. So you go through the process of teaching the kids, the staff, and where the notes are on the instrument. So you got every good boy does fine, and right. word face, and you're teaching them the lines and the spaces, and then you're teaching them where the those notes are located on their instrument, right? If it, whether it's on the piano or the guitar. Right. And you have them do this a couple of times, and then when they return to the next lesson after a week has elapsed, you notice that they're, they have written in all of the note names. And my response is always, what are you doing? You're supposed to learn how to read this new language. And an analogy is you wouldn't learn French by writing in all of the English words. So do you do this, or have you ever seen this done, and can you appreciate how it's 
deleterious to I musical can, progress. I see how it's not going to be helpful for sure. But again, my teaching experience doesn't... Uh, I either had kids who literally could barely draw the alphabet. Okay, doing solfege. And then I had teenage boys who knew how to read tabs and wanted to get to third base and win their talent show. Those are the only kids that paid attention to me. And those kids, I, they learned really well. Everybody else was just like a... Here's your monthly check. I'm not going to practice. Sorry to bum you out. But we can sit here for a half hour and you can, you know, text whatever. Yeah, that's the worst lesson on earth. Yeah. That's part of the reason why I've stopped teaching guitar lessons one-on-one for the most part. Because it was a painful experience. It be- Yeah, it was 48% of my clientele. Maybe you're spending half of your time just sitting there knowing that this person's not going to do anything. I always just would say to the parents, you're wasting your money. I'm I'm really sorry. You know, I'm good. I'm not that good. If they don't care, they don't care. Really? Yeah. One of the ways that they show you that they, that they don't care to learn to read is by writing in the note names. Because I, <laughs> I explicitly tell them not to. Right. In class piano. Well, like, you'll oh, see... Them put tape on piano keys themselves with what the notes are. Yeah, that's another yeah dead end. Like you, if you, I I promise you, you can associate if C is here on a keyboard, then it's real easy to think that to the right of C would be D, and then. To the left of C would be B. That's, you shouldn't... Well, here's the thing, man, and this is sort of shocking, but there are some students for which the concepts of right and left have yet to sink in. I'm one of those students. I'm Right and left has barely sunk in, and I'm, I'm old. Yeah, I routinely will have to say, uh, no, you're other left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. this way. Right. I'm... I'm you know, like this concept of up and down. Yeah, the, the way that the keyboard is left and right. And, and this concept guitar up and neck, down. up and down. Yeah, I mean, yes. And how down is up and up is down that, on guitar. Yeah. yeah, and that really, that, that blows people's minds. Sure. That'll, that'll make somebody, then you actually hurt your fingers and you're like, why in God's holy name would I do this? That's why it has a failure rate. Yeah. You know, pretty close to like, it's up there with volcano parachute guy. Isn't it remarkable that so much spatial intelligence is necessary for musicianship? How else can you do it? I I always took the approach that if if I could get a kid interested in something, and if they would at least work hard at that, that I would, you know, try to I would let all right. Well, let's encourage that. Let's. Let's focus on that. Let's just work on that. Is that a song? Great. Here are the chords. I don't give a shit if you're reading tab at this point or using chord charts. The method matters less to you. At this point, because I would really like to just get you up and running, strumming chords, and maybe even singing over top of that. Because, you know, and then also, I always had a thing where if you would just sit down and just use 
with your fret hand, go one, two, three, four, next string, one, two, three, four, next string, one, two, three, four, next string, you know what I mean? And then get to the top and go back down, four, three, two, one, four, three, two, one, and alternate pick that, and do that 160 times a day, because you're going to need to be able to do that. And people either did it, and over time, they were like, I'm developing some dexterity Those types here. of exercises bore students to tears. I, I have some real shitty news for you, Mr. You know, Goldfish, attention haver. Preaching to the choir. My right? dumb ass can't pay attention to anything, and I'll be damned if I wasn't fascinated with this and learned it. And it took a while, but it's worth what you know. Don't you want to be able to do to do this? Well, your method of getting students to play and perform songs quickly, by any means, brings me to the second item on my list, which is memorizing too soon. My experience with teaching students is often that they read the material one time, with any sort of critical analysis and connecting in the dots. But then they convert that information to instantaneous memory that is mechanical and muscle memory. And then they never return to full literacy to that inch of page of musical notation again. And I know that they're doing this because they'll often read fluently, pretend like they're reading fluently, and then they hit measure seven and then just stop. And then I, I point to the music. I'm like, where are you? And they, and they say, I don't know. Right. That's because they had memory. They weren't reading. That's exactly they never... how I played. And to this day, that's, yeah. that's how I would approach. So I would, that's how I would approach. Yeah, that's a, that's a busted approach. No, for sure. And I, I mean, but I can also say that, as, and through it, okay, I refused as a youngster, to sit down and learn how to sight read. Because it was hard, it hurt my head, I wasn't going to fucking do it. And I was good enough that I could get away with it because, dude, I could blow a sax pretty good, you know? You were making it Kenny G Oh my God. quality. Kenny J. You know, just not quite to the G. Right. Because I was quite young. But yeah, I could. I I had a real feel. I I have this natural feel for when you should stop. How I could put a, you know, a nice mwah onto a note that other kids couldn't. Yeah, terminal could, vibrato. You can I, shake that note right at the end. I knew right how to do end. that. I just instinctually knew how to do that. I learned how to do that. That's and hard. That's easy. Reading the shit is hard. Yeah, so oftentimes the readers were very accurate, but they didn't have the nuances that a buyer player has. Like I knew how it wanted to be played, and I played it like that every time. And I was very comfortable with that. Does that make sense? It does. And I was but looked... it, it does fly in the face of the process of music literacy. The process of music literacy sometimes is a 30-year journey, you fucking jerks. It is. Okay. Yeah, you got to get ready for the fall concert. <laughs> okay, I'll memorize all of it. If that's not good enough for you, then you can kick me out of your fucking Well, the fucking thing bed. is, I don't <laughs> think that your experience is an unusual one. I would I don't think it's that a, I most don't, students do it that way. I don't think it's a bad experience. No, it just doesn't teach the art and craft of music literacy. And people bail... Once you know, and, and never play music again. A good portion of them do, right? Yeah, most of them. Most of those people 
for about six years of their lives were there to help some a few the handful that are going to take this next step practice. It's a nice system. It's a nice system. Yeah, it's not bad. Let's talk about how students, by and large, don't count or know how to count. And I think this is probably related to the points that we were making about students who memorize too soon or don't learn how to read properly. But do you count or do you have a method for for keeping the rhythm internally through tricky passages? I listen intently and know what I'm supposed to come in. And I do find if something's trickier, man, I can count. And I have no problem doing it and do do it. You know what I mean? Like, I know where I'm like, okay, this is four, three, two, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm not sitting there the whole time. Classic, one, two, three, classic four, one, two, white three, man. Four, one, two, one, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three. No, sometimes, whenever you're learning the art and craft, the music, that's the most alien component, is that you also have to keep time. Right. So unless you're counting it at the very beginning or realizing a beat through some other means, like uh, tapping your foot, then the whole project falls apart. Well, I remember in, in middle school, probably seventh, eighth, seventh and eighth grade, having a rule that I, just, that I made up where you, know, you would end up sitting there with like nine measures of rests in certain pieces. You know what I mean? That's the hardest part. One, two, three, four, two, yeah, three, and two, I, three, three, my four, rule four, was four, four, four. you can tap your foot, but if you move your lips, I swear to God, that's humiliating. Don't count. Don't just sit there and count out loud. Let's not do this. Let's tap our foot. Yeah. And I didn't then, have a section when I was in the jazz band, so I moved my lips and counted through those parts because I was all by myself. Okay. Let's talk about I, uh, band... Did school band start here in fourth grade? Yeah, I could have joined the band at that point. Okay, you just didn't. I just didn't. Okay, yeah. I, we were we we were forced to. Well, did you have experience with the next number on my list, which is playing too fast when you're learning something? Yeah, for sure, because I'm a spaz. I would say that sometimes you still do that. Sometimes I still do that. Yes, most people do. You learn something and then you try to play through the material, but usually a mistake crops up and the result is you crash into the mountain. And the problem is by crashing into the mountain, which is a euphemism for making a terrible mistake, you actually practice making a mistake. You have planned mistakes? No, but I, I do have ways to lie my way out of them by playing the wrong note again well, when I'm improvising. I, I see what you're saying. But usually I make some some bad mistakes improvising live sometimes, and it always hurts. Unless it's a like blues-based rock and roll kind of thing, I will not even attempt to improvise at this point. Especially in a solo. Like if you gave me a guitar and said, this is in the key of B, play a solo. I could play one of the lamest solos ever and it would be in the right key. There would be a monument to commemorate how yeah. lame that solo was. Yes, be like, man, every note fit, but man, that was terrible. You know, 
that I can run a bass pretty pretty well, just pulling stuff out of my ass on bass. Because I, I just have you. You get your own tricks, man. You know. That's the thing that I like most about music. I think is improvisation, and I do a lot of it. So I was going to post on Facebook after this six gig four day thing that I just went through approximately how many guitar solos I improvised over that four-day period. Right. And I think that it was about 200. Oh my God. And I still, I'm not quite there. There are people that can improvise so much better than I can, and I really would like to get there. What is there? Absolute fluency with the language, never making... Mistakes of the sort that I do. I don't think that I, I ruin a lot. You know, I, I usually don't ruin songs. But every once in a while, like, I'll just, I'll fall on my face. I'll yeah. In the venues where I play, audiences aren't always paying attention to that degree, but some of them are. I'm sure that, that people have heard my worst boners. But I would like to play in a way where I'm just safely free like, of those errors. Even you can go into gray areas on purpose and like noodle around. Yeah. And then, but never they exist. You know, come in and out, and you could be like Mace Windu on on the guitar. You could tap into the dark side, but just for a certain edge. I wish I could. I think that I, if I, with the right practice routine, I'm pretty good at practicing. But I think that I, I probably need to spend something like three to four hours a day with nothing but improvisation. I think that's how you achieve that. So you see these animals. Just imagine the way that Stevie Ray Vaughan improvised, whether or not you like blues rock. But he was just without an end to his reservoir of riff ideas. He had a a real nice personal sound that he rode real good, and the way he struck notes and held them, and you know, I I I get that kind of I'm sorry world of guitar players, but that the bluesy stuff like that is I don't it's so boring. It's, boring. it's so boring after I a while. I agree. I don't, I'm Perhaps sorry. he's a bad example. It's boring. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the the issue. It's I, hard to mess up improvising whenever the song has three chords. Right. The problem comes when you're playing through changes, and some of this pop music that I play in my cover band has a handful of changes. Certainly more complex than blues. Not quite jazz, but sometimes it's getting there. Right. And there's plenty of opportunity to fall in your face. I, there's no way I could sit in with a real, actual jazz band and play bass. There's no, there's no way. Not right now. I would really have to like have beg them to let me practice. And can I say this? Last year I saw Mr. Big. Remember, remember Mr. Big? Yeah, here of in Pittsburgh. Okay, and uh, the guitar player, uh, Paul Paul Gilbert. Gilbert, right? Played. Took a like you know how they take their eighties. I'm going to be the only one on stage taking yeah, a solo. Which solo. I always found a little bit uncomfortable. He was meant to do this shit, and he did shit. I he did played he have his headphones on. No, but he played Puccini and shit 
on the guitar, like perfectly. Yeah, with the speed picking. Yeah, he's one of the, one of the best uh, heavy metal speed picking guitarists. He's up there with Marty Friedman it, and all the rest. He's so good. He was so fun to watch. Yeah, you know, I I mean, I couldn't. That that blew my mind. And I, I you got to think like, is he doing that by ear? Did he read it? He's been doing playing guitar now for forty years, so you know he's already developed the hands and the skills to be able to do it mindlessly. And that's all a product of single-minded practice. Something crazy, four to eight hours a day, mixed with having monster hands. Yeah, he also has big hands. I can't help but emphasize the physical nature of the instrument. The dexterity and the agility required. It has a real pretty pretty bad burn rate. People just buy a guitar and then put it in their attic. Yeah, well, that brings me back to the list. Good. The top seven mistakes made by music students. Here's another one that I can't help but notice. And that is when students play already learned material relentlessly instead of learning something new. So, for example, they may know the riff to Smoke on the Water, and they'll go to their practice space and just play the Smoke on the Water riff or whatever riff makes this example poignant in your mind over and over again without ever learning anything new and say that they were practicing. So whatever else (laughs) this person was doing, they weren't practicing. Do you have experience with this with students or with yourself? Do you you notice this, this sin in your own musicianship? Well, if I ever got obsessed with something, it was because it was really, 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 really fucking hard, and it was going to take me about a billion tries. Yeah, but once you had it. Right. Once you had it. That's different. But yes, you see kids come in, and they're like, I can play, we'll stick with smoke on the water. And I'm like, great. Don't play it again until, you know, when you come back next week, and you play two songs. And then, you know, you just let them... Name three songs, pick the easiest one to show them according to their skill level. And then you have them, maybe they come back next week and they're playing two songs entirely too often. But you're right, playing the same thing, you're not helping yourself. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a trap. You're not going to advance. That's an Admiral Akbar lesson. Which reminds me of uh, number six on my list which is probably related to playing the same material relentlessly. And that is playing without purpose while lost in thought. Say you're watching Netflix and you're just playing mindless chords or noodling with your pentatonic scales, etc. Sometimes you're just taxing your hands and your body for no purpose, really, because the instrument is demanding and I've got news for you, kids. If you play decades on end without reprieve, like I have, things begin to hurt. So this, oh. this is a problem. Oh, so they're just saying that, that that would take up such a significant portion of your the grind on your joints? Yeah, but there's probably a pedagogical problem there, too. If you're just... Mind, if you're just picking up the instrument and playing mindlessly without full concentration, which happens, then you, what happens is you play mistakes or you're not paying attention and you're just doing things thoughtlessly. 
is your muscle memory begins to become corrupted. Yeah, but you also, I mean, some people need to play and sing. So you can't... That's not mindless or lost in thoughts. You're concentrating on a different aspect of your musicianship. That probably helps with that aspect of it. I don't know. I'm just trying to be uh, uh, merry, merry, quite contrary. I don't really, I don't really know. That seems like a weird one, but I, but to, to to your point, you've never seen this phenomenon. I've seen it. I've never really considered it or thought I've done it. But to your point, after twenty some, maybe thirty years of playing guitar and bass, I totally need double wrist surgery for sure. Like there's no there's no way around that for me. It's brutal the bass guitar, the electric guitar. These things are punishing on your body yeah it's the same thing you know like if you run a jackhammer for 30 years you're gonna be like man i got jackhammer neck <laughs> and and we know what you know that's that, that's it's the exact same thing yeah i guess anything sufficiently right. taxing on your body is going to leave a mark yeah i need double wrist surgery for sure but i i've seen so many um friends or acquaintances have just 120% turnaround on a successful wrist carving at this point that I'm not really worried about it. I don't want to get it done, but I think they make you wait for a certain age or whatever. And then there's probably a certain amount of rest that you need to apply. Right. Well, here's the thing is, I don't know if... It, it, it will get to the point for me where I will not... My wrist is going to become dislocated and I'm going to be done being able to wiggle my hand around and I'm going to scream and go to the emergency room and they're going to have to do it. Yeah, it turns out that you need your wrist for more things than playing fly bass lines. I don't. Okay, well that brings us to the last item on my list, my top seven mistakes made by music students. And that is not reading or not learning new material daily or weekly, say, if, if that's your regiment. So if you just know a certain set of songs or your band has a certain repertoire, not, not learning new material frequently is the problem that I've, I've noticed in music students. They develop a repertoire or a certain set of songs and then they seem to throw up their hands and say, yeah, that's it, I just know uh, these 10 songs, and that's all I'm going to do. The most pernicious example of this is I've noticed it in some bands or some cover bands where they're playing the same set that they have been playing since the uh, the first Bush administration, etc. So what is your experience with this? Do you have a discipline about learning new stuff? Yeah, I do. I have a mad discipline about learning new stuff. I learn new stuff all the time. Every day, this the past week, past two weeks, I've learned. Let me, and I, I mean this wholeheartedly. I learned one, two, three, four. I learned about seven covers that I've never learned before, and I mean learned them, played them fifty, sixty times a piece. You had gig pressure though, right? Right. But yes, I, I, yeah. What doesn't does that matter? Well, yeah, I, I guess it is helpful, right? And what if I? You know, there incentives. If there are guys who have, you know, a gig lined up and they don't fucking bother to learn them, they're not going to get any more fucking gigs, and I'm sure that happens. It's just like politics. It's just like the, everything societal. 
you can say, well, it's the artists not, you know, providing worthy and new and exciting shit, and you're wrong. You could say, well, it's the um, record company who only gives a shit about making profit, and you're wrong. It's about the general public and what fucking dumb asses they are. You hear that there? That's, that's an 80% chance that a dumbass is going to run a fucking backhoe into your house, probably. It's not always necessary to learn <laughs> new material when your listenership doesn't care to hear new material. If you took the average person, American especially, and there are exceptions for sure, but you just go into any bar and pick out a person and just set them in front of music, they don't fucking care. Well, on that note, Johnny, I think it's probably a good way to wrap up the podcast. So, in any case, I hope that you enjoyed our conversation about music education. Uh, Thanks for coming on the podcast. Until next time.